We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. To take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, that seems to be the biggest question of our day. Today I'm going to share with you a Facebook friend's response to that question. Shane Wilson responds and says, why I will not take the vax. It's very well written and very well reasoned. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. I thought I'd share with you today the response of a Facebook friend who wrote, um, it's a fairly lengthy piece, so I won't have time to read the whole thing to you, so I'm going to summarize it and hit some of the high points. I'm going to do my best to do justice to Shane Wilson's post on Facebook where he says, why I will not take the vax. Now, who is Shane Wilson? Well, he's a Nazarene pastor. He's a good conservative biblical pastor. He's very patient. He's very kind. He's very godly. And this article is not written to shame any of you who have chosen to do otherwise. No, that's not the point. And if you've if you've listened to anything I've said about the vax debate, you know that that's not my intent either. Again, before I get into reading portions of Shane's Facebook post, I want to repeat something. If you've chosen to get vaccinated, more power to you. That is your personal choice. Nothing I'm saying today and nothing in Shane Wilson's post is intended to shame you or to even disagree with your personal choice because you know your own health better than anyone. And in consultation with your doctor, you can and should make these decisions on your own. The government has no business meddling in your health care. You should be able to choose what medications you want to use and what medications you don't want to use based on your medical history and whatever challenges you face. If you have cancer, for example, you might want to take the vaccine. If you're elderly, you might want to take the vaccine. If you have a, an additional comorbidity, you might want to take the vaccine. And if you have some ailment or disease that I don't know about and have no business knowing about, you might want to take the vaccine. My point on the whole vax debate is it's none of my business. When did we turn the corner and all of a sudden assume that everybody else's health records are our business? You know, I get asked periodically, have you taken the vaccine? Now, I generally when people ask me that, they're friends and therefore I'll answer. But if anybody that asks me that question that I don't know, 
My response is, it's none of your business. My personal health information and my personal health decisions are none of your business. Now, there might be a progressive listening right now who would say, ah, there you go. That's exactly what the pro-choice people have been saying all along. Well, there's a big difference here, people. The pro-choice argument, for some reason, seems to want to ignore the fact that we're talking about two human beings and not just one, and that my body, my choice really isn't about just your body. There's another body involved here. There's another human being involved here. And it's not just your body and it's not just your choice because in a civilized world, it's never just your choice to go kill somebody else that you find inconvenient. So don't, don't, don't go down this path that somehow you anti-vaxxers and you people that don't want to wear masks are buying into the same argument that the pro-choicers have been arguing all along, and that's my body, my choice. It isn't even in the same moral arena, the same moral universe, let alone the same moral plane, to suggest that the my body, my choice argument of the pro-choicers, which is exactly what I just said it is, and that is an argument to terminate someone else's body that you find to be inconvenient. No, it's not your choice, and it's not just your body. But in the case of my personal medical records and medical decisions that affect my body and my body alone, then you need to stay out of my business, and the government needs to stay out of it too. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I'll be right back in a couple minutes, and I'll share with you Pastor Shane Wilson's reasoning as to why he will not take the vax. Welcome back to The Rebellion. So, I said, Shane Wilson is a pastor, very thoughtful pastor, and he has an excellent piece. If you want to go to my Facebook site, you can do so. I have two Facebook pages. One is Everett Piper, and the other one is Dr. Everett Piper. One is a private page. It's maxed out at 5,000 friends, by the way. Um, can't accept anymore. I have a public personality page. It's titled Dr. Everett Piper, and that has unlimited followers. So you can follow me on either one of those Facebook pages. I would recommend you go to Dr. Everett Piper just because it's unlimited. I try to post essentially the same stuff on both of those. So if you want to read this particular piece in its entirety, you can do so by going to Dr. Everett Piper on Facebook. I'm going to start out here. Um, Shane Wilson titles this, Why I Will Not Take the Vax. He goes into a couple uh, introductory paragraphs, and he says, uh, he's addressing this issue of those that refuse the vaccine do not love their neighbor. And he says this, these are serious ac accusations that merit a response especially from someone who considers himself a true disciple of Jesus Christ and someone who believes that loving thy neighbor as thyself is indeed God's second great commandment. And he says this, he says, yes, I am a follower of Jesus and I take seriously the commandment about loving my neighbor, but I refuse the shot and do not believe that this should in any way affect my witness as a born again Christian. Why? Why does he say that? And then he goes on, and he explains, because a lot of what 
we are being told, he says, simply isn't true. And I refuse to fall into the deceitful trap of groupthink. The best thing I can do as a follower of Christ is to stand for truth, he says, and against a terrible, false narrative that has been imposed upon essentially all of humanity right now. He's making the argument that if I really love my neighbor, then I might want to stand for truth rather than prop up these lies that are compromising human dignity and human freedom. Doesn't that make sense to you? Sure does make sense to me. Well, after responding briefly in that way, he offers a few key points as to why he will not get vaccinated. His first point is this, because it's not a vaccine. And I think we need to remember this. I've fallen prey to just using the label that others have given to it, but it's not a vaccine. Technically, it's not. And I think he's making a legitimate point here. He says this, traditional vector vaccines have always used a dead or debilitated virus to spark an immune response that will bring protection against or lessen a potential future infection of the real active microbe. That's spot on. By the way, I had a medical doctor friend of mine review this entire piece to make sure that it is medically accurate before I posted it or before I decided to comment on the radio or or on my podcast. Therefore, I know what I'm reading from Shane's post is medically accurate. So don't slough this off. Don't brush this off. Well, a pastor wrote that, and Piper's not a medical doctor either. These two guys don't know what they're talking about. Well, I've checked it with someone who does, and Shane's article is spot on. It isn't a vaccine. The COVID vaccine uses an unproven technology, vaccine in quotation marks, by the way, called mRNA, that manipulates human cells into producing the spike proteins of the coronavirus. It is actually deceiving your body into producing the very thing that it is supposed to fight against. Did you get that last sentence? Asks the pastor. I'm going to read it to you. It is actually deceiving your body into producing the very thing that it is supposed to fight against. Something seems seriously flawed with this logic. And once you put this genetic manipulated material into your body, there is no going back. There are no U-turns. You can't undo it, ever. That point, and that point alone, is a pretty important one. It's not a vaccine. It's a different technology. It's called mRNA, and it is something that's brand new, and once you get it in your body, you can't undo it. It's a decision that's permanent until the day you die. Point number two, because no one knows the long-term effects of this untested mRNA technology. Does that sound familiar? Does it sound like the argument that I've given you time and time again? You can't know the long-term effects of this untested RN, excuse me, mRNA technology because it hasn't been around long enough for you to know the long-term effects. By definition, there is no longitudinal data. Here's what he says about this. Even though they are restricted and censored, many scientists, physicians, physicians, excuse me, and healthcare workers warn that the unproven mRNA technology may possibly cause significant autoimmune problems later on down the road. 
Among these is one of the very developers. Listen to this. I want you to listen to this. This is true. Among these scientists who have been censored and silenced and canceled by social media uh, fact checkers, and again, I facetiously say these 14-year-olds that are sitting in some dark room and acting like they know everything and silencing you and silencing me because they don't like what we've said and ignoring people like Dr. Robert Malone, the very developer of the mRNA technology, at least one of them, Dr. Robert Malone. He's one of the experts. He helped develop this stuff. And they're censoring him. They're not allowing his concerns to be known. Did you get that? Malone has been censored. The very guy that helped invent the stuff is only allowed to say what they think he should say. And nothing more can be heard from him. Does that bother you? Does that smell bad? Does it, does it pass the smell test? The answer is no. Again, if I would have been caught hiding this type of data in my dissertation defense at Michigan State University, I wouldn't have a degree. They would have expelled me. They would have kicked me out of the program for unethical behavior. And there's a reason that the U.S. federal law has always required, this is, this is back to the pastor's article. He says this, there's a reason that the U.S. federal law has always required all new medications and vaccines to be tested for how long? Six to seven years before public release. Six to seven years. And the reason for that is the possible long-term side effects. Again, you cannot possibly know what the long-term side effects are for this COVID quote-unquote vaccine because it hasn't been around long enough. And the tradition for U.S. federal law is that medications and vaccines are tested for six to seven years before they're released into the public. Here's the question that the pastor asks. Can you or anyone else in the world declare with confidence that this rushed remedy will not contribute to some serious health problem problems such as autoimmune disorders or cancer years after receiving it? And the answer is no. By definition, you can't. You can't declare that. Nobody can. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But once again, We don't know. No one knows for sure. And therefore, he's saying, I won't take the vaccine. He has another point, point number three, because of the checkered history of the companies that produce it. Now, this is an interesting point that he makes. He says this, for your information, there are some things you need to know about the main producers of the COVID vaccine. Pfizer has the distinction of paying out the largest sums in world history for negligence in lawsuits because of their failed products. Read the last statement again, he says, and let that sink in. And Moderna, he says, up until now had never produced a vaccine of any kind. This is their first rodeo, folks. They've never gotten on the horse before. And the Johnson & Johnson vax has already caused serious problems and has already been recalled for a time. And by the way, he says this, 
Johnson & Johnson's vaccine uses tissues from aborted babies. Look it up. So Pfizer has the distinction of being the, the biggest um, criminal, if you will, if you want to measure criminality by the sums that they've had to pay for negligence in their failed products. And Moderna has never produced this kind of product before. And Johnson & Johnson's vax has already had to be recalled because it's already showing some very dangerous side effects. Do you want to take this stuff? And oh, by the way, they're using murdered babies to produce it. Hmm. So let's go on to his point number four for the sake of time. He says this, I will not take the vaccine because there are already excellent treatments out there for COVID that have been suppressed. Why? Why do they keep doing this? You have to ask your, yourself that question too. He says this, some third world countries such as Bangladesh and Uganda have a death rate that is a small fraction compared to the advanced Western countries. Why is this? Why? Why is this? Well, he says this. The pastor says this. Because they weren't forced to obey the false narrative, and they allowed their doctors to treat the disease with trusted medicines that they've been had around for years, like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and uh, Regeneron. It is a fact, he says, that these drugs hinder and even stop viral replication. And we know that. We've seen the studies even here in the United States, but they canceled them. They silenced them. They, they wouldn't allow places like the Henry Ford Medical Hospital up in Michigan to say what they wanted to say, and that is, well, this stuff works. It works. It's not a miracle drug. People still might get sick and die, but this drug actually helps hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people. They wouldn't allow that. They wouldn't allow that. You have to ask yourself the question, why? Point number five, he says this, why won't I take the vax? Well, because nothing is better than natural immunity. We've talked about this. Overcoming COVID naturally equips the body with the very best immune response possible, he says. And that's true. That's true. You see, even the CDC admits this. Natural immunity is better than immunity that is derived from a vaccine. When you've had the disease and you've survived the disease and you're healthy now, you have what is called antibodies. And these antibodies protect you from getting sick again. Oh, wow, we heard somebody got COVID twice. Well, I don't know. Is it possible they really didn't have it the first time? I don't know. The bottom line is, by and large, we know through decades after decades after decades after decades of medical research and medical information and medical facts that natural immunity works. They even admitted this at the front end of the whole pandemic. They said we have to reach herd immunity. So why in the world are they forcing people who have had COVID and therefore have the antibodies to get this vaccine? They don't need it. And in fact, it could make them sick. I've talked to a couple people that have taken the vaccine who have gotten quite ill as the result of doing it. And the question is this, is it because they already had the antibodies in this vaccine, this unproven, unknown new product called mRNA is somehow 
interacting with in a negative way with their natural antibodies. Back to the pastor's letter. It is an immunity, natural immunity. It is natural immunity that protects not only against the spike proteins, but against the entire virus itself through what is called T-cell memory, memory response. Protection against only the S proteins of the coronavirus is an incomplete and only partial protection. So what he's saying is that it's you can the vaccine might protect you partially, but it doesn't protect you in the same manner as natural immunity does. And this is just a fact. Uh, he quotes, uh, he says, this is why many virology experts such, such as Dr. Gert Vanden Bosch, I think is how you pronounce his name, Gert Vanden Bosch, have warned that the worst possible response to a viral pandemic is to produce a vaccine while a pandemic is occurring. The vaccine will only facilitate mutation after mutation, and hence the Delta virus comes on the horizon. And unfortunately, it won't just be the Delta virus, but most of the Greek alphabet will probably end up having their own variant eventually because we interrupted the natural immunity process and we are facilitating the mutation of new variants. Why would we do that? Hmm. Did you see that interview just yesterday with the president of Pfizer saying that they're already geared up and and, and ready to go on the next variant. They're ready to produce another vaccine and force everybody to get it too. These guys are making bank on this. I don't begrudge them making money. I do begrudge them if they're lying to us in the process and forcing us to pad, pad their coffers. My pastor friend then goes on and says this. I won't be getting the vaccine because the shot does not totally protect from infection or transmission. And we know this is a fact. We've been told over and over again that fully vaccinated people are coming down with COVID, especially the different variants. The breakthrough cases are everywhere, we're told. And their response, these people's response, well, go get another shot. All the experts and even the proponents of mandatory vaccines are now recognizing that the vax does not stop the transmission of the virus to others. So why are we getting it? Oh, because you won't get as sick. And all those people who got sick would have gotten sicker if they hadn't had the vaccine. How do we know? You can't prove a negative. And they're, they're, they're putting us in a position of having to prove a negative or disprove a negative, and you can't do either. His point number seven is this. I will not get the shot because I don't trust them. I don't trust them. And this is his exact uh, wording. At this point, it's very difficult to deny that the SARS COVID-19 virus was planned, weaponized, and unleashed on the world. Who and why are questions that I will leave for a later time. But I can't help but wonder that if this was all planned by malevolent entities. Could the VAX also be part of their plan? Maybe. Maybe. We don't know. We have seen how COVID deaths were pushed and exaggerated on purpose, he says. 
Finding a cure with cheap, trusted, and known medicines was an option that was not even considered by the elites at the top that controlled the marionette. In the United States, I saw little of any forums or experiments from independent researchers. Free discussion was suppressed. Doctors were threatened with losing their medical license and pressured into following whatever the narrative told them from the top. And if they dared to ask a question, they were threatened. Their careers were threatened. Their livelihood was threatened. Free speech was censored and restricted as never before in the history of the United States. He says this, friends, this is not science, but it's purposeful indoctrination. He then goes on, I sincerely believe that millions of lives were lost that could have been saved if they were just given proper medication, like the ones mentioned earlier. But curing people was never the objective. You saw it unfold just as I did. No treatments were discussed. They did not even explain exactly how COVID was killing people because someone may just start doing their own research on how to treat it. No, the plan was to cause mass hysteria. The numbers were pumped, and it was just hospital, intubation, and death. Hospital, intubation, and death. Hospital, intubation, and death. Until, of course, the vaccine could be developed, that is. More and more truth will come out in the months and years to come. His conclusion... And it goes on for some time. I don't have time to read the whole thing. He says this, Why would I or anybody for that matter concede to putting a potentially dangerous substance into our bodies that may cause long-term damage to the health for a sketchy protection against a virus to which most have already obtained natural immunity? A virus that has a survival rate of 99%. Why? Good questions, good article. If you want to read more, go to my website, excuse me, go to my Facebook page, Dr. Everett Piper, my Facebook page, Dr. Everett Piper, and you'll see this article was posted. This article was posted just today, and it's titled, Why I Will Not Take the Vax by Shane D. Wilson. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and remember this. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. And this article from Pastor Wilson is a perfect example of rebelling with the truth. Again, I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.